Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hi, Scott. Oh, hey, Sean. We started. Let's go. Yeah, yeah let's go. Have you caught your breath after the women's world curling championships in North Bay? Oh, boy. I'm still coming down from that high. But, uh, you know, it's time to not look back. Got to keep looking forward onto the men's world championship. Yeah, so there's nothing. We did an instant reaction on Sunday night. So there's nothing that you want to revisit. You feel good about everything that you said on the instant reaction pod. Oh boy, this sounds like you're trying to troll I'm me. No, here. I'm absolutely uh, not. No. Yeah, I feel great about everything I said. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, no, I, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back. We recorded it literally minutes after uh, Jennifer Jones won the Women's World Curling Championships, and again, congratulations to her. Uh, and I think also big congratulations to Anna Hasselberg uh, and, and what that team did over the past month. Interestingly enough, though. Despite the Olympic gold medal, world silver, they're not the number one ranked team in the world. They haven't accumulated enough points yet, which again makes me wonder about this whole system and and how we accumulate points. But And to be fair, Jennifer Jones' team is the number one team, and it's only by three points. So, you know, it's pretty close. It's yes, pretty close. very close, uh, certainly. But yes, we move on now <clears throat> to the last event in the season of champions as branded by Curling Canada and TSN. The Men's World Curling Championships from Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh yeah, get ready to uh, go hang out there on the strip and uh, make some money and watch some good curling. Yeah, so interestingly enough, I think, for anyone who's never been to Las Vegas, and I've only been once, and it was for the Continental Cup a few years ago, the event space is at the Orleans Hotel, which is off the strip. That's right. Uh, not far off the strip, but it is off the strip, uh, which in my experience made the slot machines a little more generous. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a system for milking those slot machines. I do machines, have a system. Right? Um, I don't want to give it away because, <laughs> I, I mean, it's. It, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's not actually a thing, but uh, the day that I was leaving, taking a red-eye flight home, our friend Dean Moser, also with me, he won, I think, about 50 or 60 bucks playing blackjack i won about 150 playing the slots we had a good uh we had a good day good little day there yeah, yeah. my other win was betting against the uh brooklyn nets at the sportsbook which made me feel good because that season i had suffered through three brooklyn nets games in person so winning money off them was i felt like i was owed that vindicated yeah that, that's a bit of a no-brainer sure. yeah so but but it's a really cool venue uh it, it's not dissimilar to north bay in that there are only seats on three sides. There's an empty space on one end where the TSN crew will be, where the media bench will be. A little bigger than North Bay. I think it seats about five or 6,000 folks, so, so a little bigger. And this year, the patch is going to be outside at the pool at the Orleans, which they've never done before because during the Continental Cup, still a little too chilly to be outside uh, for the patch, especially at night there in Vegas in January. Yeah. But they're going to poolside patch it up this year, and uh, it should be a good time for everyone who's going. Oh, big time, big time. It's one of the events that I was sort of hoping to go to, but, uh, you know, life gets in the way. Life, yes. It, it, oh, well. It, it, well, you know, you, you, maybe next time. Yeah, I, I spent all that money going to London for the Continental Cup, so, you know, <laughs> pick and choose, right? Pick and choose. Uh, so what we're going to do this uh, this time, we, we, we've picked different ways to go through the teams for these 
previews that we've done over the course of the season so far. This time, we're just going to go based on how Curling Geek has them listed. Uh, and I'm not sure. I, I can't tell if they're done. I, I, they don't appear to be done alphabetically at all um, when I look at the list. So I'm not entirely sure how why they have them listed the, the way they have them listed. On Curling Zone there? Um, are they? Yeah, they're listed alphabetically by alphabetically by skip. skip. Okay, yeah, so they're listed alphabetically by skip. So we're gonna go through it and do it alphabetically by skip. Yeah, uh, and, and give you our our thoughts. And again, if you listen to our women's world championship preview, you will know that we uh, did not account for the fact that six teams were going to make the playoffs, uh, which of course we're gonna see there in Las Vegas as the first time we have thirteen teams in a men's world championship as a third team from the Pacific Asia region gets in, as I finally, I think, get it right for the first time in six months. Uh, so we'll have three teams from the Pacific Asia region, which gives the field 13 teams. Same thing with the full round robin. You're going to play 12 games over the course of the week. Top six make it into the playoffs. The first and second place finishers get a bye to the semifinal, uh, and then we'll just have a semifinal final. So it's not... A page. Uh, there's been a lot of debate over the weekend as to whether or not the format was good for the women's side, if it's enough of a carrot for the teams who finished first or second. Still some room for debate. I'm still not sold on it, but I'm curious to see how it plays out this week because last week in North Bay, of course, we had two six and six teams make the playoffs. So we'll see how it works out in Vegas and whether or not we, we see what I felt at least was, was a minimizing of the importance of the, the round robin a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. There was a minimizing of the importance. Uh, And to be honest, though, looking at this field, there's two teams that are head and shoulders above everyone else. And then I think everybody, the rest of them will be fighting for those uh, last four playoff spots. Yeah, so let's go through then. And let's start uh, again, going by the way Curling Geek has them listed alphabetically. Curling Zone. Excuse me, Curling Zone. Sorry, our friends at Cur- love Curling Geek, too. Love our friends at Curling Geek. Yeah, you've been um, checking out that uh, the team tracker. tracker the, yeah, the yeah. team tracker on Curling Geek, Geek is, is a lot of places have team trackers. Curling Geek is by far the best one. By far. Um, so, yeah, so so our friends at Curling Zone with the ranking. So let's start here with the Japanese team and Team Hokkaido. Team Hokkaido. Uh, is it not Team Aoki from Hokkaido? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, look at me. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Um, yes, from the Hokkaido Curling Club, there you uh, go. from the Hokkaido region. Excuse me, yes, Team Aoki. Yeah, the way it's listed there is a little bit confusing little the confusing. first time you look yeah. at it. But, uh, yeah, this team, uh, honestly, Sean, I know zero things about this team. <laughs> I'm trying to find them on the World Curling Tour rankings. I can't find them. Okay. Uh, a quick search uh, is not working. So... As far as our preview of this team goes, it's your guess is as good as mine. All right, so the other thing that's interesting about this team is, uh, again, using Curling Zone, they have a wonderful head-to-head matchup uh, function Uh. that you can see how each team is done against other teams in a given event. And interestingly enough, this team has never played any of the teams that are in the field. Ah, I just found out why. It's because they're a junior team from Japan. Okay, so a junior team from Japan coming over. This is, and we talked about this a little bit, little bit during the women's preview, where we have associations, national associations, who sent over different teams. Certainly, the Chinese women were the third-ranked team in China. 
that were sent over. And again, that's an example of how these federations are trying to give teams experience at this level in an Olympic year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it seems like a, an interesting choice for the Japanese. But again, it's not like the Japanese have a men's team that is really running roughshod through the world that you would you would think of like, obviously, this is who you're going to send. So I think for these guys, this seems like a great opportunity then. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, good for them and, you know, get some experience there under your belt. Uh, they, I see they didn't play at this year's World Juniors, so uh, Japan didn't have an entry by uh, by all looks of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, why not, eh? Give them, a, give them a shot and see what happens. Roll the dice. Yeah, and this is one of these things, too, where we look at the the third entry there for the Pacific Asian region where... Certainly, I think Japan is the beneficiary of this. The Korean men have had some success. The Chinese men, I would say, have had more success than the Japanese men. So here's a really good opportunity for this Japanese team to come in as juniors, get a lot of experience playing playing top teams on arena ice. Uh, we'll see. I mean, there, there are certainly cameras at, at other events, but this is going to be a, a well-covered event, more mm-hmm. media than probably they're used to. So... Uh, seems like a really good opportunity for these guys. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so since we don't really know much about them, uh, I'd be curious to see them. And again, watching in Canada, we're only going to get to see them once. Uh, if you only watch TSN coverage, you're only going to see them against Brad Gushu. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's... I don't know how the rankings are, but you can make an argument that Brad Gushu's team is the best team in the world right now. And it'll be interesting to see them against... Brad Gushu. Exactly, yeah. If it's not them, it's uh, Nick and Dean for sure. Yeah. So let's move on. Then the next team is the German team, Team Baumann. Team Baumann, yeah. They're uh, a team out of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, as they are representing Germany in this world championship. They're, uh, they're ranked uh, 51st in the world on, on points. Can you tell I was buying time there? <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, they're a team that uh, I don't know too much about. What Have you uh, looked up how much they've played this season? Not this season I haven't, but they did play in the World Championships last year. Mm. Uh, they have games against uh, Nick Eden this fall in the European Curling Championships. Uh, so obviously they played in that. Uh, Nick Eden won. They have beat Nick Eden once. Way back in 2015, overall they are one and eight against Nicodine's team. 0 and one against Brad Gushu from last year. Uh, Two and five against Bruce Mowat. One and once against the Koreans. Um, four and one against this Swiss team that's going. They've never they've never beat uh, Joel Reiternas oh. from from Maybe. Italy. Uh, the Russian team they're one and zero against. They are undefeated though against the the uh, the Dutch team. Ooh. So uh, and one in three, uh, then against team uh, Wallstead. So you know, given those records head to head, you don't really expect much from this German squad, I wouldn't think. Yeah, no, I mean they they could be one of these teams on the outside looking for that uh, sixth, fifth, or sixth playoff spot uh, based on the rankings, you know, but. The as as I say, like, we don't know that much, so you know anything we learn this week will be a a surprise, a pleasant surprise. I yeah, and, l- and like we said too with the Japanese team, what we're seeing here. I mean, and maybe it's not quite the same with the German team because they were there last year at the World Championships, but you know, Olympic year, this is a time to expose teams to different things. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with them. I would suggest that the 
probably not a lot of expectation for this squad. There really never is for a German team at a curling event, uh, to be honest. So, so we'll see what happens with them. So let's move on then mm-hmm. to the next team on the alphabetical list, that being Team Nicholas Eden. Eden? Eden? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick and Dean. Right. That guy. Uh, so this team is the number one ranked team in the world, uh, coming fresh off a silver medal at the Olympic Games. They've played a lot. They're very familiar to all Canadian curling fans. Uh, they're here half the year, you know, playing on mm-hmm. tour. And uh, this team, along with Brad Gushu representing Canada, have to be head and shoulders the one-two favorites for this if there's any other matchup in the gold medal game, I would say it would be a huge upset. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, although the format does maybe lend itself to perhaps something else happening. But, yeah, you, you would have to think so, uh, that these are the two teams that you would expect to be in the final. Now, uh, as I mentioned with uh, Team Kim and Team Hasselberg going into the women's, certainly you wonder about this team coming out of the Olympics. Granted, they had two more weeks than those two teams from the Olympics to the World Championships. Now, that didn't affect, of course, either, really either of those women's teams. They both mm-hmm. played really well all week. But I, I do wonder, maybe the two weeks longer, maybe that's even worse in some way, that it's more time to decompress and, and come down after the Olympics. Be curious to see how they react to that, especially given that they lost. Uh, and, and it's another disappointment for them, given how hard they go. Uh, for the Olympics and how much time they spend on the road with the ultimate goal of the Olympics. It'd be curious to see if there is any hangover for them. But again, you look at this field and there's nobody who, unless they really struggle, should beat them uh, with any sort of regularity. Yeah, I'd say uh, there's, with the exception maybe of Brad Gushu, but uh, Nicholas Adin, they did play in the Elite Ten, Mm-hmm. Uh, just after the Olympics. So they have played one event between the Olympics and now. Uh, so that might have kept them, uh, you know, kept them tuning up. They made a tiebreaker in that event. So, okay. y- you know, uh, that could have been their hangover. Had a few weeks now to recover since then. And uh, I I can't expect anything less than than a, a gold or silver medal from this team. Yeah, so you mentioned the, the Brad Gushu in the matchup there. Brad Gushu 17-3 and three mm-hmm. against Nicky Din all-time. Yeah, they do play a lot on tour, and their teams are very familiar with each other, but it does seem like Brad's had the upper hand. That's that's remarkable to me that that is what the record is yeah. because you would just you would think it'd be way closer to 50-50. You'd um, think, right? Right, and this season they've played each other three times, and Brad Gushu has won all of those games, including at that uh, Elite 10 event, hmm. um, which, again, I don't like that format of that, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But three times this year they have played. Yeah. Uh, and certainly, and actually, interestingly enough, the two of the three times that Nick Eden has won has been in the uh, Humpty's Champion Cup. Oh, the end of the year. At the end of Champions the year events. I, I don't know if that's apropos of anything. It probably isn't, but <laughs> uh, just sort of an interesting side note there. But, yeah, I, w- I would suggest that this team... Certainly, if, if they're not in the playoffs, it would be a, a shocker. Oh, a huge shocker, yeah. yeah. I think uh, while you're in Vegas, put bets on both uh, Gushu and Nicodine to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and just, I guess, as a side note, too, I wonder if, and this comes up because Las Vegas, of course, is a hockey team now, and the Las Vegas players on the Golden Knights are very open about 
having other teams come in and, and suffer from the Las Vegas flu. Hmm. Right? They've been very open. Like the, the Golden Knights home record is very, very good. And they say that when they talk to other players that they are, especially I think the teams from the north maybe, mm-hmm. um, maybe not as much as teams from the south, but when they come to Vegas, they're taking advantage of the amenities that sure. Vegas has to offer, and that has contributed to the Golden Knights' home record. And you, you just wonder about that because Gushu and, and Nicodine, I'm pretty sure Gushu has played in the Continental Cup when it was in Vegas before, I think. Uh, but certainly Nicodine has. Yeah. Um, so if that's a concern for any of these teams, I, I can't imagine that they would get caught up in that. No, no, absolutely. Maybe some of these younger teams, it's their first world experience they're coming into las vegas uh you know there's lots to do like i, I do wonder i actually kind of do wonder <laughs> about yeah, that and if yeah. that'll actually get, especially if you get because we talked about during the women's uh one w- with the 13 team the schedule is a little less consistent than normally i think it was china there in the women's that had i think four cons- three or four consecutive draws off yeah where you're off where you played like Sunday morning, and you don't play again until Monday, Monday night. night. A lot of time to go uh, enjoy yourself. Yeah, and, yeah. And Maybe uh, take in a Penn and Teller show or something. Yeah, do do some stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but we would certainly expect uh, Nick Eden to have a, a really good week, and and frankly, not even just make the playoffs. If he's not first or second, I think something has gone wrong. Huge upset. I I'd yeah. agree. I'd agree. And along with that goes this uh, next team that we'll talk about. Yeah. So right? Brad Gushu is next in the alphabetical order here, and and. The defending world champion did not lose a game last year at this event. Favorite? I'd say based on the record of him and Adin head-to-head, uh, you put him as a slight favorite ahead of Nick Adin. The, the, two, so. the two of them are easily one and two based on uh, all the records. They're number two in the world team rankings. So okay. it, as I say, a huge upset if if these two teams aren't 1-2 after the round robin. Yeah, I think what's interesting too about Gushu is he was very upfront after the trials and then also the mixed doubles trials. They, they were exhausted. They were just completely gassed going into the Continental Cup. He made the draw to the button to win the Continental Cup, but they were very open about the fact that they yeah. were just gassed and just took time off after that leading up to the Briar. So it was actually probably... You know, in a normal year, you talk about how being Team Canada can actually be a disadvantage for some teams because you don't have anybody to play, really, for the month leading into whether the Scotties or the Briar. That might have been an advantage for this team. I think so, Because yeah. they got to just to sit around for a few weeks and relax, and, and they played phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, out there in Regina. Yeah, they really seemed like they needed the break after the Continental Cup. You mentioned uh, you spoke with them there and they proved that their their rest was well well used by uh, coming out strong in that uh, that briar and really you know the final yes he did have to draw the button but the the outcome was never really in doubt watching that game you know you'd think mm-hmm. okay they had control the whole way through yeah and you know they did drop the one game to uh, Botcher. It, uh, they lost to Brandon Botcher. To Brandon Botcher. Yeah, and draw 12. Right. So, so you know, they did drop one game, but Canada at the Worlds are now on a 44-game win streak yeah. dating back <laughs> to 2016. And, you know, to be honest, I don't see that ending really anytime uh, in this event except maybe to uh, to Nicholas Adin. Yeah, they should go through well. I mean, they've lost, they've played 70 games this year. They've lost 14 of them. Like, they, they're just... That's pretty insane. Like they're they're just on an incredible streak. So, yeah, we would certainly expect them to do very, very well this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like you say, like, 
Nick Eden, Brad Gushu, definitely the two favorites here. So, so let's move on then. The next team on the list, a team South Korea, represented by Team Kim. Yeah, Team Kim. They're uh, on the World Money Tour or the World uh, Curling Tour list. They're ranked number twenty-three. So right around uh, Greg Drummond of Scotland, uh, Greg Ballsden that we know from Ontario, Willie Lyburn from Manitoba, so in that kind of area. Yeah, so we saw them playing at the Olympics this past year. They you know, didn't have as magical a run as their ladies <laughs> team did, but uh, few, few do. Um, again, they're uh, 21 in the world, so you know, not bad, but uh, we'll, we'll see how they uh, respond. You know, the, we talked about the... Um, uh, the hangover for other Olympic teams, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how a team that didn't make the playoffs at the Olympics uh, goes in into this event. You wonder. I, I guess the letdown possibility for this team is that it was their home Olympics. Yeah, and so you wonder too uh, about how that will play out moving forward. You don't know. Um, and certainly in terms of matchups against the teams that are here, haven't played a lot of uh, games against other teams. Uh, first time they played Nick Eden, for instance, was at the Olympics. Uh, they've played Brad Gushu. Uh, they played him in January in the Canadian Open. Uh, lost that game. Uh, they've never beat Bruce Mowat uh, either. Uh, so uh, they haven't played games against a bunch of the teams here. So you just, you know, you wonder. They're 2-1 against the Chinese team. Overall, so you know, not a lot of experience for this squad. So again, another opportunity I think for uh, a younger team to come out get some good experience. Yeah, absolutely. They uh, so they finished seventh at the at the Olympics. So yeah, I mean, it's just another chance to keep building the game uh, out of that Pacific Asia region. They they might be a team that would contend for a playoff spot uh, based on the rest of the field beyond uh, Gushu and Adin. I'd say. Uh, pretty wide open so wouldn't be surprised to see them standing there at the end of the week all right so let's move on then to team scotland this is a, a team that uh similar to what we saw with the women and hannah fleming uh not the team that represented great britain at the winter olympic games because in my opinion the scottish curling uh federation or whoever's in charge of this decision really just put a huge disadvantage to the olympic teams mm-hmm. but make them play off less than a week after they got back from Korea. Uh, now that being said, uh, the team that is representing Scotland and Bruce Mowat, uh, certainly a deserving team. Very deserving team. They've won a couple times on tour this year. Uh, as you said, they won that uh, showdown against uh, Team Kyle Smith to be the ones to represent Scotland at this event. They also just won last week uh, an event over in Europe. So they're playing pretty well. Uh, they're ranked 15 in the world overall, and this is this is my next team uh, right behind Adin and, and Gushu to watch. I think this team will do really well this week. Uh, I'm picking them, spoiler alert, <laughs> to make the playoffs. Yeah, really good team. And if you just if if we use those end of the year events on the Grand Slam as a microcosm or, or as an example of like the best teams. Both Kyle Smith and Bruce Mowat are invited or earned entries into the Players' Championship. That's right. So they'll both be there. So that that's a good sign. Two young teams from Scotland. And it'll be interesting to see, uh, especially in the context of what just happened with uh, the Swiss women's program uh, where Alina Patz has joined with uh, Tyrion Zoni. Yeah. And 
if that happens with these two teams somehow, almost in a way where what we saw with uh, David Murdoch and Tom Brewster there for a while, uh, where they sort of came together and then separated, and, and, and how that works, because we haven't seen, in a lot of cases, a, a non-Canadian uh, entries have a lot of competition go back and forth and seeing different teams sort of fight it out every year. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really interesting with these two teams where... I don't see a weak link really on either team unless you wanted to go like the two back ends together or something, but that's never, that's really hard to work. Not usually a good idea. It's not a great idea. So we have, it's fun, I think, to have two good young teams from another country that can sort of battle it out. And it's another place where, frankly, we don't really in this country pay that much attention to national championships in other countries. This is one to keep your eye out. Absolutely, yeah. This this is some good curling that they've got there at their national championship. So, obviously, good to see. One fun fact about Bruce Mowat's team that maybe some people know, maybe some people don't, is the lead there is uh, Hammy McMillan Jr. Right. So, uh, son of legendary Skip uh, Hammy McMillan, former world champion. There you go. So, uh, you know, something for everybody to watch. Uh, We'll see if they uh, yell at each other in a real fun way. What's with uh, former world champion kids playing league? Right, Carrick Martin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotty uh, uh, Howard, yeah, right. Yeah. It's very yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, so let's move on. The next team is the American team, Greg Persinger, and we we talked about him after the American Championships. Yeah, we got every fact correct, obviously, and uh, made absolutely zero <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> So we did make some mistakes. I don't really know what they are, but, you know. We made a lot of them. Uh, we, you know, we're not perfect, and, <laughs> and uh, we don't have the money to pay a fact checker, so right. we've got to do it all ourselves. <laughs> but uh, this is another team that, uh, it's Brady Clark's former team with uh, Rich Ruhonen at third brought in um, after the Olympic trials. And uh, they're a team that has been very successful in the U.S. in the past, Um uh, we mentioned they were the 2013 reps at the World Championships in mm-hmm. Victoria. Victoria, I think. I think that's right. And uh, and so, you know, uh, I'll be interested to see how they play together at this event. Obviously, they did, they did quite well at U.S. Nationals. Um, maybe the storyline with the U.S. is that John Schuster's not going to be there. Well, he'll be there. Well, they won't be they playing. They physically be there. Due to their uh, media tour. Yes. And maybe other reasons. But they they decided not to play in the U.S. Nationals. So uh, it's a good chance for another team to come and keep building on that momentum that the U.S. gold medal at the Olympics earned them. Absolutely. And this is uh, – I'm really curious to see what the crowd is like. Certainly it's been sold in Canada and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of advertising here. Wonder what the gold medal will do in terms of sales in the United States and, and if it will be – you know, I think certainly if you had said two months ago, the expectation that it'd be a very pro-Canadian crowd, similar to what we saw in North Bay. Yeah. Wonder if that'll change and, and if a, some Americans will, will make the trek to Las Vegas or even some locals in Las Vegas will get out and, and cheer on this, this American squad. Yeah, so I, so, I mean, I'm excited to see them. I think they'll be, be a, a good team, maybe a playoff qualifier. I think that when I talked about them, I said they were... Brady Clark's former team. I forgot to mention that they're now a team Persinger, skipped by Greg Persinger, uh, who did play third. I, I didn't want to say, uh, <laughs> you know, say who they used to play for and not who's currently on the team. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this team does. I, I think it could go either way, and maybe that hometown crowd really pumps them up. Yeah, interestingly, too, they've never 
uh, Greg Persinger as a skip never played any of these teams. Uh, but of course, he's been playing third there for for Brady Clark. So yeah, uh, so it'll be his first time skipping against all these teams. So let's uh, keep it moving here. And and Mark Fister is up next, representing the Swiss. Oh, Mark Fister. Yeah, yeah. That's a team that we've seen around uh, in the past. You know, it's a familiar name to some Canadian fans. They're uh, are they the top ranked uh, team in in Switzerland right now? I think they are, yeah. So uh, they're number. No, th- it would have to be. Um, oh, Peter, be, uh, Peter de Cruz. Peter de Cruz. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Where's my head? Uh, they're the number thirty team uh, in the world. They're ranked around the likes of Adam Casey, uh, Rasmus Jerne, uh, Jean-Michel Menard. So, so around that uh, area, if That's people want, good, yeah. want a bit of a comp uh, for how much they've played. Um, they're, I, I feel like we've seen them at some world championships before. Uh, the name is certainly familiar. And so, yeah, they're one of these teams. You know, Switzerland's a strong curling country. Uh, I feel like they should be in contention for a, a medal here uh, in this event. I would think so. I would be surprised if they, like, if they go over, right? You certainly yeah. wouldn't expect that to, uh, that to happen. So it'll be interesting to see how the week plays out for them. But... Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of these things where, yeah, like a country like Switzerland, not Peter de Cruz, going into it, just again, not really overly sure as to what to expect, which I think is is similar then um, to the Italian team in a certain to a certain extent, um, team Ray Turnaz mm-hmm. uh, representing Italy, uh, but Joel Ray Turnaz is skipping and Amos Mosner throwing the fourth stone yeah so canadian fans might be the most familiar with the return as from his run at the 2006 olympics where they were the only team i believe to beat uh, the gushu rink ah. uh handing the home team dealing canada the eventual gold medal winners their uh only loss only loss of the uh of the bond spiel so uh again uh, return has been around a long time it looks like his team is now a bit of a younger team with him sort of skipping and guiding the program. Uh, that said, I, I can't imagine that they'll be in the mix for the playoffs uh, at this event. They're still trying to rebuild this Italian program. And it's a bit like we saw uh, at the women's here that the Italian team, the depth of field is just not there in Italy. And so uh, it's good for them that they made it, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine them being around come weekend. Yeah, it'll be tough. And, and again, you know, Joel Returnes, as you said, in 2006 but the rest of the team young guys so uh again getting some experience against top teams and i think specifically specifically for uh, mosner there getting to throw that fourth stone he's going to probably be facing some difficult shots uh in a pressure pack situation and again good experience and if you talk about building up that italian program i think a really good opportunity for them Mm -hmm. Uh, and similarly building programs or perhaps rebuilding programs that brings us now to the next team representing the uh, russian federation ah yes uh alexei timofev 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 fave uh we're great at pronunciation yeah Uh, representing uh russia here this is a team again another team that we don't know that much about yeah this uh so before we leave joel return as there there were number 67 on the list uh the world rankings Uh, timofeev is at 86 on the world rankings 
And uh, again, they're a team that's been around for a while, but haven't really made uh, too much noise on, on the international scene. Uh, a few times at uh, some European championships and some world championships, but uh, they're, they're also a team that I think would uh, be looking to, to build a little bit at this world championships. Uh, I think a medal would be, uh, you know, a real stretch and that they, if they could sneak into the playoffs, uh, they'd be happy with that. Uh, that said, I, I feel like they'll be one of those teams on the outside looking in. Yeah. They've never played Brad Gushu, 0 and three against Nick Eden, uh, on the season 30 games, 14 and 16. So again, I think a team that again, just building up, getting the experience and trying to uh, help out and rebuild a program that I think has been hurt, on the, especially on the men's side the past couple of years. So uh, so hopefully um, they can sort of get to the point where the women are in Russia. Uh, certainly, as we saw over the weekend, the Russian women winning five, their fifth uh, consecutive medal yeah. at a women's uh, world championship. So I think it's just good for the sport if you have good teams. So if the, the men's program can catch up to the women's program in Russia, I think that'd be a good sign. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's move on now to the Dutch team. Uh, the rank skipped by Jaap van Dorp. Hey, way to go, Sean. That's uh, probably something. <laughs> um, yeah, so this team uh, representing the Netherlands. Like, uh, we haven't seen the Netherlands, I think, on the world stage in quite some time. It's been a while, I think. Yeah, so uh, they made it out of the Europeans, uh, the, the Pool B, I suppose, to, to get up to the level to make it to the Worlds, and uh, it'll be exciting to see them. They're ranked 49th on the, on the World Curling Tour uh, Order of Merit. So, yeah, well, we don't know much about them. We, we don't. Here's, here's what I do know. Uh, again, they've played 44 games against other teams in this field, 6 and 38. Yikes. Now, Yikes. that being said, um, their last game against Nick Eden in the European Championships, they beat them back in November. So that's a pretty good win for them. Uh, but certainly, yeah, not, not a, a really great record uh, playing the other teams in this field. So uh, could be a struggle for these guys, but it's nice to see the Dutch getting back into the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully, again, another country that could build the program uh, and improve the overall quality of play. Now, let's... Uh, move on then to another country that may have to rebuild its program uh, with Norway. And this is not going to be Tom is Ulsrud and that team. They have announced that they're taking some time off as we record this uh, to sort of evaluate what they want to do over the next four years if they want to keep going. And part of that taking a step back for in the short term means that it's not Thomas Ulrud. It's going to be Stefan Wallstead skipping the team from Norway. Yeah, we saw Stefan Wallstead uh, also making the uh, the leap to the international scene last year at the World Championships when he beat Thomas Ulrud mm. uh, in a three-game playoff to to make it to the World Championships. So. Uh, this team is uh, quite a mainstay on tour. They're number 18 in the world, uh, just behind Glenn Howard, uh, and just ahead of Pat Simmons and Heath McCormick out of the States. So this is a team that uh, they, they definitely have some pedigree. Mm-hmm. They've come up uh, facing the, the competition in Thomas Olsrud for, uh, for some time. Uh, and 
to be honest, this team uh, is another one of my picks to to make the playoffs. Them and okay. and Bruce Moet, I feel like, are around the same sort of level, uh, and they're just behind those top dogs at this event. Yeah, and interesting too. I mean, we talk about sort of the youth movement now that we're we're maybe seeing around the world. Uh, Bruce Moet played these guys twice last year at the Winter University mm. uh, International Games that they have. Uh, the the Scottish team beat them twice, but. So, again, an, a young team, and if we think that Thomas Rude might decide to take a step back, certainly Norwegian curling is, is not in a, in a state of panic, I don't think. No, no, not with this team coming up behind, absolutely. Yeah. All right, and now the final team in this field uh, representing China, and this is a team that, uh, again, not the, the team that maybe we've seen Regularly over the past few years, this is a team skipped by Di Jia Zhou. If I hopefully I said that. Wow, Sean, correctly. I can tell you really spent some time in China <laughs> there. Uh, so yeah, Da Ji Zhou. Uh, that was bad. <laughs> um, so they're ranked 125 in the world, uh, from what I can tell here. And again, one of those teams that uh, seems like they're there for experience. To uh, you know, they might come up and surprise someone, but. Uh, for me, I would say uh, get, getting some experience for the next uh, four years. Yeah, and, and this is a team only played uh, four games against teams in this field. One, they've only won one of them, that being against uh, Team Kim in the Pacific Asia Curling Championship. They went one and one this fall in that event. With them, they actually also played them in Oakville, interestingly enough. Hmm. Uh, the team from China, the team from South Korea had to fly to Oakville <laughs> to get a game in. But uh, on that tour event, and they also lost uh, recently at the Aberdeen International uh, events. Uh, so just a couple weeks ago, over in, in uh, Scotland there, losing to uh, Timofev mm-hmm. in, in that event there. So this will be the first time they've seen a lot of these teams. And again... I think it, it seems to me at least that Chinese curling is going to have a big reset in this quadrennial. Um, certainly the men's program seems to need it, uh, and the women's program, you just don't know what's going to happen with uh, Bingy Wang. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens in Chinese curling, uh, and if this team can use this as maybe a platform, step forward, uh, and continue to improve. And like we've talked about with some of the other programs, really reinvigorate the national program for yeah. for a country that in the past has done well. Yeah, they have done well with uh, Rui Liu there, and mm-hmm. and yeah, they've made some noise at World Championships. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, that said, I'm not uh, I'm not picking these guys to <laughs> make the playoffs, Sean. Yeah, so let's. That's get, what we should get to. So let's get to our picks. So again, we'll pick actually the proper format this time. So give me your. Uh, Two teams that are going to buy. Well, that's, I think, been pretty obvious throughout this whole whole podcast. It's got to be Sweden and Canada. Yep. Head and shoulders above the field uh, at this event. I would be shocked if it went any other way. All right. Now, who are your four playing in that? They're calling it qualification round, sort of pseudo quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah. So, of the other teams we went through, uh, like I said, Bruce Moet from Scotland and... Um, what Stefan Valstead from Norway. Norway. Uh, I've got to have those two in there. Yep. Uh, going down the rest of the list, I'm going to say, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat intrigued by this uh, Bauman team from from Germany. I know they, they haven't won a lot, but I'm not picking them. Okay. So you can scratch, scratch that, that off. Yeah. I, I think the other, the other two I'm going to go with has got to be um, – 
the Korean team uh, okay. looked to build off their uh, Olympics. And uh, you know what? Give me the hometown uh, Persinger out of uh, out of the U.S. All right. Now give me your medalists then. So the medalists are Sweden and Canada, no brainer. I want order though. Okay, uh, I pick Sweden to win the gold and Canada to win the silver. Okay, just to be contrarian a bit. And for bronze medal, I'm going to go with uh, with Scotland with Bruce Mowat. Okay, so that's what you got. I'm I agree with you that the two by teams are Sweden and Canada. Uh, I think that would be surprising if it's not them. And I agree with you about Scotland and Norway. So we're we're clear on those four. Um, I'm intrigued similarly by uh, Persinger and curious to see how that'll play out with the hometown team and, and what happens with them if they get a lot of crowd support um, and, and whether or not that'll that'll work. I'm going to go, though, with uh, the Japanese team, go with this junior team, maybe make Whoa. a little bit of noise, Holy cow. Uh, see if they can overcome the nerves there uh, and, and sneak into, like we saw with the women, six and six, could get you something, yep. uh, so maybe they can can pull something off there. And then I'm going to go with the Swiss too uh, as yeah. my other team. The Swiss, uh, and that's not because I've seen this team at all, but mostly that's the the, the program uh, and just how good that program is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so call. I'm going to go with them. And for me, I'm going to go with Brad Gushu going on a back to back gold medal, undefeated. No, I think he uh. loses to Nick Eden in the round robin. And then pays it back in the uh, in the gold medal game because I got Nikki in there in the gold medal game, and I think I'm going to go with the Norwegian team to win the bronze. So we're very similar on our picks there, and uh, because we think this is very top heavy, very top heavy, very top uh, heavy event today, and and uh, yeah, we're excited to see how it plays out. But Sean, we've got to go. We got to go our play. Own game. Play our own game. We got to go play a lot more poorly than what you're going to see on the, on the TV this weekend. So we're going to head out. We're going to play our game. Uh, as we do that, please do remember to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you can like and comment and leave ratings and all that fun stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at Game of Stones Pod. Scott is at Scott Lakes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. I'm going to Europe next week with the Vimy Foundation. You can follow all my exploits uh, through there, looking at different battlefields and stuff if you're if you want. I tweet about curling sometimes too. Uh, but Game of Stones Pie gets you a, a lot of curling content. Uh, you can email the show with comments, questions, that you, things you want to see on the show at uh, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.